Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Crank up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Psychic alpacas, pundit mums, a third bit of the possession bar graphic World Cup 2022? That's insane! England's whisper it quietly status, a full breakdown of three lions, open brackets, it's coming home for Christmas, close brackets, David Beckham's other World Cup cash-in disgrace, one unexpected host of the Maritime Standards Awards in Dubai, and Keezy's 2014 World Cup diary, condensed into just 70 seconds. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 210 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for our very first episode of this 2022-2022 World Cup is Charlie Eccleshare. How is it going? Very well. How are you, Adam? Really good. Really good, thanks. Trying to think of the moment that this World Cup got into full swing for me and it was probably the psychic alpaca making its appearance on this morning on itv right um real real kind of the the height of kind of world cup keech especially for people yeah. who don't care about the football isn't it this sort of shit yeah there was some when was it recently i saw that some of the england team or something were being explained about the octopus from 2010 did you see that there was some sort of sort uh, like fun feature where it was brought to their attention um that obviously being kind of the high or low watermark depending on your point of view for that sort of thing Adam, did you just say keech? Do you mean kitsch? <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> Every time this happens, I think, well, this has never dawned on me before. Um, not quite mind-blown territory, but yeah, I'm sticking with keech. Okay. And the more I say it, yes. the more I realise. Yes, yes, that is indeed David Walker. Seamless um, Sieg into David Walker. Yeah, oh God, keech. Never thought, never thought it shouldn't be like that. Kitsch doesn't sound quite right to me. Um, anyway, Dave, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good, actually. Um, Just minutes before (laughs) we started to record this podcast, I received a text uh, on WhatsApp from my mum. She does like to watch the World Cup games and often sends me her missives from the sofa. And she she asked me, genuinely, completely, (laughs) the first time she's ever said this to me, with no prior training, she asked me, have England done well or are Iran rubbish? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bit of both. It's not a bit of both, is it? Well, I don't know. I think it is a bit of both. (laughs) No, I think about it. It is a bit of both, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, let's not get too carried away. Yes, 
We are recording hot on the heels of England 6, Iran 2. Charlie, very old-fashioned World Cup scoreline. This is like, this is 1958 shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great scoreline. And more grist to my mill that it should be tennis score rather than cricket score. Because yep. you, you, you do quite often get tennis scores. Yeah, I love a 6. 6 is a great. It's also quite Sunday league. Yeah. David, at 4-0... When Iran pegged one back, I thought, Do you know what, that has blotted our copybook. That has taken the shine mm. off this scoreline. But 6 1 to 6 2, I didn't really mind. I was up for it. Bit of colour to the scoreline, to be honest. It's fine. You can have it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad the game didn't peter out. No. It was in real danger of that 3 0 up at half time with that 15 minutes of injury time in the first half. You, it was a, you, you're thinking the ring the changes at half time. And, no, but we kept going, which was, yeah, it was good. I mean, there were 24 yeah, the- minutes of added on time, weren't there? Yeah. Across the two halves. And there's something about. I don't, maybe players are so professional, they're not, it doesn't affect them, but there's no doubt that 45 minutes to 59 is so different psychologically. Like it just felt at that point, it was like, well, sort of done here. Like mm-hmm. the half space, you know, it's like, that's 14 minutes. You know, that's such a long, that, you know, 31 to 45, it was like a massive block. Mm. But just because it's injury time, it's like, yeah. Just, let's just play it out to half time, which nearly, is basically what happened. Nearly 25 minutes of added on time in a whole game. That is essentially an under, a whole half of an under eight game. Extra. Mental. Mental stuff. Surely a World Cup record. I mean, it all got started off in a very strange sense, Dave. Uh, Gary Lineker was running through the England team and said that their midfield had a combined age of just 65. I'm not used to seeing combined ages used for youth. No. I did, my, my, my brain instantly went, is that a lot? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. that makes something very youthful sound quite old because yeah, you hear that. Like, it's still, that's still quite old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even sure though obviously like you know that around. divided by three, it's not. On Lineker, that, did, did you think there was such a missed opportunity for him? I so thought he'd go with the, it's easy this World Cup lark, isn't it? At half time. And he did, he did. I was just like, it's so, you're never going to get another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Using their wealth of experience in that studio, so I'm not averse to personal World Cup anecdote in the BBC studio, which, which I, I, I think is unprofessional, personally. Um, it's not all about you. Interesting. Mm. But good to see Dave. I mean, given all the chat about the climate in Qatar, good to see that England not wilting, officially not wilting. There were no signs of wilting at any stage during that game, were there? No. And did we, I suppose we do, at some point, need to ascertain to what degree the lack of wilting is, in fact, due to the in-stadium air conditioning. Mm. Well, do you know what? I think the in-stadium air conditioning is going to become the kind of aesthetic icon, low-key icon of this World Cup, in the same way that that little car did at the Euros and the, mm. the massive spider on the pitch at Mexico 86. They are exactly the same rotatable nozzles as you get on a plane. Like, they actually move in the same direction. Oh, this is wow. astonishing. To me. Where, do yeah. they, how do, where do they put them? Like, who decides what direction they're blowing the air in? Because, you know, Charlie, at some point, they might be blamed for blowing a ball in or something like that, or sucking a ball in. <laughs> Especially these modern bulls. <laughs> Thank God the Jabalani isn't being used at this World Cup. That with aircon. It's just the most accessible, it's the most accessible looking form of air conditioning I've ever seen, Dave. Like, it, we can all get our heads around it. It's the same as the one on the plane. You just get some, like, England fans shouting to a ball boy, can you just, uh, just push it a bit this way, mate? <laughs> just up, yeah, that's it, just up there. Yeah. yeah p- p- perfect, yeah, great, spot that's on. That's right. But don't annoy, don't annoy the stadium behind you. Um, also notable this game, Charlie, for what I'm convinced, I haven't checked my spreadsheet for this, but... I think it was the most televised clash of heads I've ever seen. Yeah. That was a lot of angles. It was. I mean, even to the point where um, the commentator had to sort of apologise for, in a way that, you know, apologise you might have heard any bad language. It was almost like apologies if they keep showing it. I'm not sure we really need to see this again. Uh, obviously brought out the uh, concussion brigade, Dave. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously a very serious issue, but I'm, I'm stunned. 
I'm not stunned. That, what are, um, what are, who are the concussion brigade? Every fucking body, <laughs> literally everyone. Like it's clearly a, it's clearly a serious subject, but there's nothing left to say about it. But so it's just become this kind of autopilot thing. How can he still be on? How can the humanity? Someone's got to intervene there. <laughs> It's so weird. Young and old as well, Charlie. Like, this isn't like an old man thing. Like, no, no. Like, 20-year-olds going, well, something's got to be done here. This cannot go on. Yeah, I'm trying to Barry think... Barry Davis effect. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a precedent for it, because it is it is universal, as you said. I think it sits in that sweet spot. I mean, play, player welfare is a thing, isn't it? There's sort of the officials to rail against. There's a level of bureaucracy, maybe, that people don't like. There's just, it's, I don't know. It's just really fertile ground to get really pissed off other concerns though dave a stat that we've all become perfectly accustomed to something that you know we take for granted a possession stat Mm. 64 36 51 49 maybe in more exciting matches but what is happening at this world cup there are three types of possession three shares of possession team a team b and simply in contest what's happening i actually would read an explainer about this (laughs) is this the thing just for the for the World Cup, we, there's a third we, element we of possession in the league this season. In contest, but you know just what's, for the World Cup. What's especially mind blowing about this is that I was told recently on good authority by I think it was Duncan Alexander that possession is the proportion of passes made. Yeah. At, like you get sixty percent. It's not like how long you've had the ball. It's that mm. if a hundred passes have been made, if you've made sixty of them, you have sixty percent possession. Okay, which I found I I was amazed by. I always thought you know in in my head I think naturally you think it's just like time on the ball or whatever some people some agencies would measure it in that way I think there are right, different okay. there are, there are rivaling ways of measuring position okay but the way in the Premier League anyway I was told it was it was in that passing way so I don't know how you get this third what that third thing is hmm. because you can't you it only have two like, teams you could take up a proportion of the passes completed I think trying to think of an extreme scenario here maybe think of a 50-50 tackle when the ball rolls into the corner of the pitch but doesn't go out of play surely nobody's got the ball then that's what FIFA are measuring there totting up the milliseconds for that ball so, not being but, claimed by anybody so if there's like a or a, or a header in the middle of the a header that just sort of goes straight up it, in the air straight up in the air yeah is that yeah. in is that contested must be yeah every duel is a in contest ball i guess um, they must but, then not be using that pass completed yeah you must be using something else yeah surely but i don't need it charlie do you in your no, life no i i no i don't and I, I i just found it more confusing and less helpful I mean, you know, maybe we're being dinosaurs here. Maybe, you know, in, in years to come, we'll be like, God, do you remember when we didn't have it in contest or whatever? We just called it 50-50s. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Delightful piece of uh, commentary from Guy Mowbray for Jude Bellingham's opener against Iran uh, after 34 minutes. Um, let's hear the commentary. Steered, glided, glanced. However you describe it, it's another milestone in the ever and rapidly improving young career of Jude Bellingham. England won, Iran nil. Charlie, Guy might be right there to offer us a, an array yeah. of options because I, I'm, I'm not convinced it was a 100% a glance, but it's about as near, that's the closest one, isn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that at the time. I thought it was, it was quite football cliche's book. Yeah, uh, more than the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he 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 did cover he covered a lot of bases. I mean, you know, we we don't want it to get to the stage where people are really hedging their bets, but I think in in that instance, yeah, offering the menu of options was the way to go. Yeah, if you're glancing, Dave, you're essentially using the pace of the ball. Mm. There's, there's not as I mean, steering would be too much direction. I think I think it was in the perfect midpoint between a steer and a glance mm. because okay. he did still have to do a bit of. 
work okay. with the with the sort of movement of the head and the neck muscles. But again, he did use the pace. It was a good cross from Luke Shaw. Used the pace on the ball of the three there. I'm I'm not sure where he's got glided from. No, I wouldn't Can have you that. Gli- you can't glide in a header. No, definitely not. We we'll rule yeah. that one out. That's like the, the the crap answer on a pub quiz well, that, machine. Is it's definitely that not that one. The, yeah, the guide and glance sort of melded together. <laughs> mm. I mean, to what extent do you think that was loopy? I'm not. Ooh, do, I don't do, know. do you think that looped over the keeper? It was too much of a sort of angled too header powerful. to be that. Yeah. A looped header pretty much has to be sort of face on, straight off the forehead, back where it came from, right? Yeah, I think that, so. That is one of the reasons, again, why it's probably not a pure glance. Because when you when you glance, you, you don't take that much pace off the ball, I don't think. Yes. Mm. Whereas it, it sort of did, it did loop a bit. It was mm. still, it was well directed, but it did kind of, the, traje- the trajectory of the ball was still kind of, it was a solid connection, so it slowed the ball down a bit. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, we could debate this all day. But, you know, it's important, Charlie. I mean, it's it's particularly English footballing talking point at this stage of a competition about how carried away we're allowed to get mm, with this mm. result. And obviously it comes with instant caveats. So where would you stand on a whisper it quietly but situation? <laughs> Is this a whispery quietly but performance? That's such a good question. I mean, I... I what are were we whispering it not, quietly anyway? Well, I guess... we're whispering? The key thing with whisper it quietly, were it not for the fact that... Um, we had that bad run of winless games and there was a bit of a you know disgruntlement with Southgate. I think that's put Whisper It Quietly back in the conversation. Otherwise, you'd be saying, what's there to whisper? England got yeah. to the final of the last tournament in the semi-final. Yeah. You know, there has to be that element. So, And I still don't think that winless run did enough to put it back in. I, I think that Whisper It Quietly, you might have said that. In, if, we, if we'd had this performance, say, and result in 2018, when we were unfancied, then maybe say, Whisper It Quietly, but this England team, you know, there's, there's something building there. I think we're too, I think England to establish now. I think um, the go-to caveat after a game like this Dave where we've scored heavily but against opposition that are unlikely to trouble the business end of the tournament I think we can go for tougher tests await tougher tests definitely await don't they Dave yes sterner tests Mm. sterner tests yes I think and I think it's too early I don't I think you need a greater body of evidence for a whisper it quietly Mm. I think than just one just one game I think you want like in the second or third group stage game you know you can be sure that there's something to whisper quietly about I think I I think this is because it needs to be a turning point of the competition like you need to be sort of you need to be moving into the as I said, the business end. At the moment, there's nothing to whisper. You, it's the first game of the group stage. Just, yeah. There's nothing really, there's no narrative to call upon in that it, sense. It, it is different though to compare to the last World Cup when we beat Panama 6-0? 1-1? 6-1? 6-0. 6-0. They have a goal disallowed, yeah. Yeah, they, because um, they, Iran, they're just, they are, they are sort of, they're not, they're not hapless. They're not. They're not minnows, are they? They are. You know, they did all right in the last World Cup. Sort of credited themselves quite well against Spain and Portugal. Nuclear so, power as well. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah. It was six one on the world way. stage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Glad you checked. Don't even need to edit it. Fine. Carry so on. So it's a, it's a step up from that. I think you can. It's it's you can't. It's, it's not to be disregarded completely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think we can rule out Charlie both in terms of this game as a performance and the stage of the narrative arc of the World Cup. We cannot at this point call this England team the real deal. Can no, we? no, 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 no. Okay. That, that, they need to beat someone good. I do just more broadly. What if, I do what, think, if, what if we did this to everyone in the group stage? Does that not count as a real deal? Beating Wales and the USA. Quite possibly. There still be like, that nagging feeling that we haven't beaten anyone. Yeah, top, top or tier. that there might even be talk of peaking too early. And, you know, that there'd be references to previous World Cups where Nigeria in 98, I remember, looked really good in the groups and then got battered by Denmark. But I do I do think it's funny with a, with a game like this, you get it in the Europa League or whatever all the time. The only evidence we have of Iran, 90 odd percent of us, is this game. 
So if we batter them, we're going to say, well, yeah, obviously they're quite shit. If we were to, to draw or scrape past them, you know, then we'd be like, oh, well, well who are we to underrate yeah. this team? Why were yeah. we so complacent? Oh, no mugs. Like, no mugs. That's it. Yeah, they're definitely in no mugs territory. Uh, an early games gone potential moment for the World Cup, Dave. I, I cannot corroborate this myself with my own eyes, but I have it on good authority that the referees have the names on the back of their shirts in tiny How? font. Whereabouts on the shirt? Do we know where they're supposed sort to of, be positioned? Sort um, of upper vertebrae. Wow. Right, just under the collar, I'm told. Bit of a clats situation. <laughs> yeah, or, or mossy too. on his boots. Yeah. Either do it big, go for it, Yeah, or not have it at all. I mean, unless it, if, it was, if it was just for their benefit, Charlie, just purely commemorative, you'd have it on the front under the badge, right? In a place that's quite... Proud to have it, not the yeah, back, of, not the but that's back it, of the neck. It's kind of yeah, it's like sneaking out the back door. So it's like, well, we have it, but we're a bit ashamed if we do do it and people see it, then we'll get taken the piss out of. It's like the possession thing, Dave. It's tinkering for tinkering's sake, just trying to make this World Cup look different to all the others. Problem is, if you if you did have it full size on the back like a player, there'd be no number, and that would look weird. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that yeah, it would. Yeah, but, yeah. Agreed. I used to hate that when people would buy kits and they'd like just get a name or just get a number or something. It looked so bad. Yeah, just a number. Madness. Come on. Maybe they, maybe they just want to wear it, sort of general football. But um, my last question about this game. Now, bear in mind, there's only been there had only been one game before this in this tournament and a, a relatively dull game it was too. Charlie, does this count as the World Cup bursting into life? I don't <laughs> think it does. There's not been enough. There hasn't been an extended period of dull yeah. before it. Simple as that. No, no, that's right. And, and there have been World Cups like that. Where, yeah. Or was this the moment where it sort of yeah kicked off in earnest? However, if, uh, let's say, the, the remaining two games today, Netherlands v Senegal, USA v Wales, both games with a bit of, with a bit of decent game, this potential. Yeah, th that was the game I identified. Senegal-Holland yeah. is the this, good game, this. This could be the day, the day that the World Cup really start, started in earnest. I still I still think... Has it, a ball been kicked in anger? Still think it feels... Because it, it might just be that this is how the World Cup's going to be. So I feel... I, I kind of agree with Adam that you do you do need a bit more of a contrast. It is the, it is the first full day yeah. in its own right. Day three, I think, is really the ideal day for a World Cup to burst into life. Day three to five, I would say. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Yes, it's indeed a Christmas World Cup. Um, we, we are collectively yet to get over this phenomenon, Dave. Least of all, Badil and Skinner, who have released the fifth edition of uh, well-known song Three Lions for the purposes of this World Cup. Quite a divisive thing already, I sense. How do you feel about it? Quite keech, isn't it? <laughs> I was sort of quite depressed at the idea of it, of the notion of it. I think they've just about done the best they could have done mm. with a re- relatively thankless task. I think yep. getting the, you know, sort of centering it around or including the sort of lionesses, women's winning the Euros is a good idea. They've pulled it off quite well, but I, you still Completely can't... ruins the format of the song to which they have to continually address throughout, yeah. which is a real problem for and them. And they, yeah, and then they've added, as you say, they've sort of added the Christmas element into it. It's a bit of a mishmash of several ideas. Um, it's sort of I just, it, I can't quite escape the sort of slightly hollow feeling, but I think it, it was, a, it, as I say, a thankless task that they've pulled off relatively well. It almost felt like a tap-in, Charlie, like they couldn't ignore it. Well, I feel yeah. like this might, if this is to be the fifth and final ever attempt at this, um, probably not the worst time to try it. I suppose, but thankless task implies they kind of had to do it. Like, they didn't have to do no, it. They could, no, they didn't. <laughs> no one would have been it, asking for it. Yeah, it's not saying. like, oh, well... Fortunately, our hands are tied and you know, do, we've got to do a fifth version of this. You know, I think we could have, we'd have been okay with just four and just sticking to the original for this one. But maybe there would have been. Maybe that would have been the first clamour of the World Cup. Nicest thing I can say about um, Three Lions, open brackets, it's coming home for Christmas, is that it starts badly, but then gets steadily better from there in every sense. I'm going to kind of um, break it down into four four clips for you just to give you an essence of what it's all about without listening to it here's here's the first line of the first verse which i think is the clunkiest of all the lyrics loving that lioness's win (laughs) (laughs) loving that lioness's win i mean the sentiment is clear it's it's a great thing to add to the mix um it's just loving that lioness's win i think they're also called the she lions later on charlie which is uh barrel scraping in terms of uh, elegant variation that yeah, that's almost how someone might tweet. Might they like, l- loving that lioness's win or something like? That's, that's the first line of a song. Yeah, that's bad, isn't it? And I think that would be someone who's quite far removed from the language of football. I think this is this is an inherent problem when you are adapting a, a song, a popular song with new lyrics, or if you're doing a parody version of it, or or whatever. You you, you have to find something that fits the cadence of that bit so they must have been at some point you're probably just oh that'll do that i can't think of anything else that fits that completely agree and it's done so clunkily to the point that literally nobody is going to be singing those words out loud it will simply not seep into the brain like the first one did which i guess was a losing battle anyway but i can't imagine thirty thousand people or five thousand people in a box park singing loving that lionesses it's just an awful line it just is um but things as i said do get better the blokes seem curse whatever they try And I think I know why They're just jinxed in July But it's decent 
December. Now that would pass yeah. the box park test, Charlie. But it's December. That scans well. Yeah, that's good. Nicely done. So in opposite to the to the first line, I can just imagine them writing it and they're sort of, they're just, uh, uh, blokes, uh, July, uh, and it's this. And just, uh, <laughs> like being really happy that it works. Slapping the pen down the table. Yeah, Smashed it. There we go. That works. Yeah, perfect. Uh, that would make the montage of them making it, wouldn't it? Yeah, the, the making of video. In the third clip, this is where these kind of knowing irony really kicks in the kind of self-effacing angle for three lines version five Dings on merrily on sky oh no it's not on sky it has to be on terrestrial doesn't it for legal reasons like that bit it's nice dave isn't it just talking about peripheral football football considerations good good thing appeals to me who is that? Is that a commentator or just somebody that's done it? Just a random. Didn't recognise the I'm voice. Not detecting a name. Uh, yes. Yeah. Initially, when I first heard that they weren't doing, you know, they sort of weren't having actual commentary in there, and they'd recorded that specifically, I was a bit like, oh. But actually, I think it kind of works. It's it plays into the sort of self-deprecating tone of it all quite well. Yeah. Christmas obviously pervades the song, Charlie. There are. References to Christmas tree formations, of course, so, and it's December. This is the most overt one of all. Perhaps absolutely perfect, really. This is Frank Skinner as Noddy Holder. As I said, I like this song more and more as it goes on, Charlie. And for the, through the um, progression of those four clips, I now am, am firmly advocating this song. I think it's great. I think they've earned the right to do that as well. Like he's That's just a, a bit of fun for, for Skinner, who I love, by the way. I think he's amazing. Yeah, probably in our top three Dream MHD guests, actually. Oh, that would be good. And that would be another one for the Desert Island Discs, MHD yeah. yes. crossover. But yeah, Dave, as I said, this, this, this song kind of gets into pleasant spirals of um, of self-analysis. But one thing it doesn't do is address the meta-debate about whether Three Lions is an ironic song or not. Is that a missed opportunity for this song? They could have put that to bed or at least kind of mm. owned it a bit, couldn't they? I see what you mean. They could have played, in, instead of having the commentary, they could have played a talking head of them in like December 96, explain. I mean, I, I honestly remember watching a programme about the song and the Euros at the end of that year and them talking about it. So there's plenty out there already. But of course, all of this is immaterial, futile debate, really, because there is only one person who can pass judgment on all of this, and that is Richard Keys. Joe, I, I, having worked outside of the, the, the borders of England for, yeah. for some considerable time now, you recognise the fact, that, and, I, and I know, and I've said this so often, I know it's based on irony. Mm. I know that, I understand. But, but people outside of England don't. No. They think it's based on arrogance, that yeah. football is mm. coming home. And of course, football doesn't belong to England. No. If ever it did, I can't remember, yeah. but it certainly doesn't now. Mm. And, and, and it really, it, that, there's a little bit of that, you know, you lottery about it. That mm. it, it, it fires people up, yeah. like, like your son. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's annoying. Very strange. The, one of the strangest things about this, in, um, that entire exchange, Charlie, that hits me first is that this isn't something you should be grilling Joe Cole about. What do you expect him to say? Like, it's just yeah. such a weird thing for him to be answering questions about. Yeah, but that's what's so brilliant about being is that they're all just sort of flights of fancy yeah. from inside, you know, just bugbears that Keezy has. Yeah. That then, that rather than it being like, okay, that I, yeah, that's fine, Richard, but maybe keep that for your podcast or your Twitter yeah. or whatever. Oh, he does. Don't worry. Like, oh, and I know he does. But like the fact that he's able to come up with these things, yeah, it's extraordinary. I mean, Dave, we um, 
we cast a wry eye at being for for much of our podcast coverage but in a good way this is the sort of thing that the BBC and ITV probably wouldn't cover they're, they're, they're so stuck in kind of England camp chat and you know wow that first half you know, Senegal finding it difficult to break down that Dutch rear guard but you know it's like this is a good thing for a broadcast to be discussing this is what people are chatting about in the pub no Charlie I mean you make that that's the right comparison it, this is the sort of potentially the sort of thing that I don't know Lineker Shearer and Michael Richards might discuss on the match of the day podcast and there'll be a hilarious clip yeah. about it you would yeah, you're never going to get them doing it in the in the studio. Should do. Got to fill your time with stu- all sorts of stuff. Can't just be chatting to, I don't know, Eric Dyer at the England camp. Anyway, um, let's move away from the World Cup for a brief moment. Here is Lee Hendry on EFL duty for Sky Sports last week, just as Derby's Craig Forsyth misses a sitter after the Portsmouth keeper flaps a set piece. Oh, the goalkeeper missed that and Forsyth on the far post could never have expected that ball to reach him Josh Griffiths he can count his lucky chickens because he comes out <laughs> to claim this and he completely misses it a bit of light relief from the World Cup news cycle there for <laughs> you Charlie but it's a slam dunk for us lovely yeah lovely stuff yeah just a very simple melding of two things and it's really disproportionately funny <laughs> <laughs> you brought it back there the, the level of disdain you had for that for that clip there and then you brought it back yeah thanks for allowing it into our, our remit here is David Beckham versus Peyton Manning and PepsiCo's World Cup advert Beckham in the house watch a little soccer nice bro are you eating my lays yep wow it's the FIFA World Cup and it's football <laughs> All right, don't start. Those are chips. Crisps. Those are cleats on my chair. Boots. But that is soccer. No, my friend, that is football. Okay. That's essentially the conceit for the whole sort of 90 <laughs> seconds or so. <laughs> Charlie, I mean, my main bugbear with with all crisp adverts is, is the pristine bags that they eat from. Always trying to recreate it with any bag of crisps I eat, but can never quite get them so, so flawlessly straight. <laughs> Yeah, there's no crinkling of the packets. No, just dipping your hand into a very voluminous bag of Yeah, crisps. I know. Put, put them in a bowl. Yeah. Oh. Never see them funneling them into their mouth afterwards, do you, Dave? Which is also abhorrent behaviour, I should also add. No. Do you think, like, you know, like in um, sort of photo shoots of burgers and stuff, they will, like, artificially plump them up and yeah. they'll, like, uh, you know, they'll, like, paint them and... Yeah, and stuff. solid bags. Is there, like, water in there shape. or something? Yeah, what's in... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe, Yeah. Then that would be a bit too wobbly. Water. It might just be cardboard. Mm. But but Charlie is is the whole soccer versus football thing uh, a slightly dated conceit to be using in an advertising campaign in 2022? Transatlantic audience, notwithstanding. I mean, my personally, that felt passe a long, long time ago. But in FIFA land, in the sort of sheen of corporate FIFA land, maybe there will be people watching that thinking, "Oh, that's that is so clever." Same language and yet different words for different things. Incredible. How much do you despise Dave David Beckham saying FIFA World Cup? Oh. Oh, it's rubbish. Yeah. I hate it, and 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 to the point where it's interesting. This has I don't think I don't think anyone would say FIFA World Cup out loud, even the even the newest of fans. But I do have a friend of mine who, again, has sort of gotten into football uh, latterly and has sort of mm. p- picked up picked up the lingo kind of through 
FIFA and through just you know through Twitter and whatever. And he always says the UCL when talking about the Champions oh, League. Oh no! And it's, oh, jar- no. it's just jarring. Yeah. But well, a, f- a friend of mine who doesn't really follow football asked me about the, UA- the UEFA Champions League, which was similarly as jarring as the FIFA World Cup. It was so funny. It was like, that must, you know, obviously you'd have seen that written down, but that sounds so weird. And, well, I guess uh, for my sins, I never really considered the idea that someone would just think of it like that and it would just roll off their tongue like that. I mean, it's a perfectly legitimate thing to call yeah. it, obviously. Um, yeah, well, but, it, that's, that's yeah. what's so risky, you know, like you don't, there are so many unwritten rules and I remember, like, I remember if I had to like dabble in other sports previously, and you th- and you don't really know loads. And you're like, God, this could really betray me. Very, I could have a UEFA Champions, Champions League moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that one, obviously. That not that no. sport, but uh, <laughs> one I don't know loads about. Yeah, well, I mean, you could swing too far the other way. Of course, Charlie, you could be, you could call it the Gazprom or the Barclays. So, uh, the, no, yeah. maybe let's just let's just stick to the middle ground with that one. Quite enjoyed this one, Dave. This is from ITV's EFL highlights. This is Lincoln doubling their lead against Morecambe. The goalkeeper could have done with a bit more help from his teammates though and he saved again to keep out Tasha Oakley Booth. Ben House was left rent-free in the box to turn the ball home. How do you feel about rent-free in the box, Dave, as an extension of the freedom of classic? Uh... Does it do its job? I don't know if rent-free does its job. No, I don't think it quite does because obviously the living rent-free in your head or whatever is... Mm. It's that that makes that obviously makes sense, but that's for an entirely different purpose. Rent free in the box. You're just in the box. Why are you rent free? There's there's nothing. The implication implication that he was in more space, but yeah, it's not a spatial. It's not a spatial thing. No, no, left unattended, forgotten about. Yeah, allowed like, to set up camp. Almost like he had no right to be there. Yeah. Mm. He, he, yeah. yeah, like I guess, I guess maybe it's the idea that everyone sort of forgot about him. Like a la- a negligent landlord might, but that isn't f- rent. Forget. That's, yeah, but that's not like I'm living here rent free. That living here rent free. That's is not- like squatting. I'm illegally <laughs> squatting in your property. Striker X was squatting <laughs> at the back post, which of course is very hard to hard to resolve because it's more of a civil matter than it is a police <laughs> exactly. matter. And he tucks it away with glee. This is like I'm in the house. You just haven't charged. I've got the money. You just haven't sent me the bill. But I yeah, think more that, of an admin thing. Yeah, but I think right. the spirit of the the negligence kind of makes sense in that it's just everyone sort of he's been living rent free. Like what why did no one think to sort of pick this up with him? He's just sort of there unmarked and yeah, is is sort of being left to his own devices when he shouldn't be. Next up, I've had to sort of um we've all had to kind of tolerate this guy's output for the last 18 months or so uh, 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 and a baffling change of tone it's been for him but this this is possibly the most annoying thing that Matt Letizier has come out with and I have I have offered my services to uh, to go and coach um, the players right. if, they want, well, if they want some advice on taking penalties Mr Southgate are you listening? Well to be fair I mean there were probably other managers that may have been more likely than the woke Mr Southgate uh, to oh. <laughs> Whoa Gosh I haven't even got him on to Gary Lineker yet. <laughs> Is it coming home? Uh, I, I, I suspect not. Um, it, it just makes me really uh. angry. It's like, there's, nothing, there's, no, there's nothing behind it. There's actually no logic there at all. It's just, just saying it so that people behind him on GB News' <laughs> Talking Pints cheer. Pathetic. <laughs> Have I got the emphasis wrong? It should be Talking Pints, shouldn't it? Talking Pints. Yeah, yeah, they're not talking important. about pints. <laughs> no, talking all, all things pints. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I mean, it, sentient pints that can yeah, talk. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's too obvious a point to to call them both twats, Charlie. It's just simply the delivery of the line that got my goat. Yeah, I also thought for a second he was actually being quite modest in saying like, well, no, you know, I should probably aim lower than going straight in with England um, right before he then delivers the zinger of the woke uh, line. It's such a classic sort of trope of the slightly ostracised proper football mm. man. I have offered. I've offered yeah, to go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'll do anything. I'll do it for free. Well, funnily enough, actually, I remember Farage, who's who's interviewing them, saying something similar when Trump was elected. He was like, you know, and I have offered my services. It's like, <laughs> what do you what do you mean? Offered what? Yeah, no. I, I actually think it's more annoying that he called him Mr. Southgate than called him woke, which is like, you know, nobody should really care about that. It's not an insult as such, but Mr. Southgate, as if that's somehow in a weird way demeaning, Charlie. Yeah, I know. It's uh, the, the whole thing is just baffling. Equally baffling. Um, the, the World Cup, I should tell you, Dave, is not the only massive event in the Middle East at the moment. Uh, it was the Maritime Standards Awards in Dubai last week. Care to guess who was hosting them? It, who was the master of it, ceremonies it for the Maritime Standards Awards? It can't have been Keegan, surely. No, but you're not a million miles away. Former England international, many, many caps, lots of time on his hands. Oh, I'll open the floor to either of you. Schiltz. It was Schiltz. Peter Shilton was the master of ceremonies at the Maritime Standards Awards in Dubai last week. Um, here are some of the awards categories. Shipyard slash Ship Repair Facility of the Year, Marine Insurer of the Year, and this one, this is my favourite for some reason, Port of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that's one that someone's won like 50 years in a row. Like, there must be a standout port, and you can't beat it. Oh, we tried. There are some upstarts in the Middle East, but no, no, it remains. Actually, I don't know who is the reigning Port of the Year. I should have figured that one out. But um, (laughs) great stuff so far, right? This is it's not quite meat industry awards, but it's it's mm. up there. I mean what why Shilton? Why there? Why that industry? No answers gathered. But of course, there was an interview that went with this, Charlie. What do you think he was asked about? Oh, the World Cup coming up, Maradona. Yep. Hand yeah, of God. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um so the headline that came out the result in the interview was Maradona was greatest ever, but I still don't forgive him for that handball. <laughs> why? Why do you need to talk about this? <laughs> Jesus. Poor bloke. I Everybody connected with it. I just feel so sorry for them. But um, good good publicity for the Maritime Standards Awards, at least. My God. Shilton, why? Is it part of this sort of thing that comes with any World Cup that there are, there's, there are so many layers of, like, you know, the ripples in the water of just stuff around the World Cup? And this is, like, way, way out in the outer mm. rim of World Cup activities. It's in Dubai. Shilton's probably doing something else in Qatar yeah, or in Dubai. He's probably at a after dinner sort yeah. of thing at a hotel in Dubai or something that's sort of tangentially related to the World Cup. And it's just, it's just, it's just the, the tale of it is enormous. If you're an ex-pro, you, if you're an ex-pro of, and you've played for England ever, you can definitely make a bit of money out of this World Cup in some way, shape or form. There will be something for you to do. Last item for the education panel today. Um, Going to bite the hand that feeds here, Charlie. But uh, headline on The Athletic today, Cristiano Ronaldo breaks silence on his interview hey. with Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever considered the idea of breaking silence on something you've actually already spoken about. Break silence on breaking silence, yeah. essentially. 
Can you have a secondary silence break? I guess you can. Only, only, only <laughs> some elite figures are allowed to surely do that because the the secondary silence break has to be important enough. Surely, has to for be, it to be yeah, a bigger deal. Yes, true. Yeah, I mm. suppose that's true. Opens up on. But where, where would it end? Because he, he, if well, you mean now he can if he, break if, a silence on that? Yeah. Well, if he says something equally controversial when he's broken the first silence, is there going to be a silence after that? Breaking it would have to be a stunning state of affairs to have a tertiary silence break. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. I don't, I, I don't think that's going to happen in this case, but you just don't know. Anyway, it's time to end in our traditional manner with Keys and Grey Corner. Ford Super Sunday. Thought I'd uh, let our World Cup coverage burst into life by taking us back. Eight years. Some real keezy heads would remember his World Cup diary on YouTube as he covered um, the Brazil World Cup for Be In Sports, uh, which I believe was his, his first big gig for Be In post Al Jazeera. And um, I watched all 23 days worth of content on Keezy's World Cup diary to deliver it all in one tidy little package. Here is Keezy's 2014 World Cup diary in 70 seconds. The mighty Be In Sports... HQ. Well, life, my friend, is full of various twists and turns and... Oh, legends in the building. Where? Legends in the building. Legends in the building. Legends in the building. Our leader is back. Leader is back. Now, I know morally I shouldn't be, and uh, I take no pride from doing so. I shouldn't be filming as I drive, but uh, strictly speaking, we're offshore here. Amigo, Hi. welcome to the BN Sports World Cup. <laughs> Mitchell Salgado, Real Madrid My legend. I forgive the early morning look again, it's becoming a regular this, but um, I am literally fresh back from the gym where I've been thinking. I do Ivory Coast and Japan after that. Cote d'Ivoire. Hey, mind the language, mind the language. Because to be honest with you, I have been as low as a snake's belly. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Gianfranco. Happy birthday to you. That's very nice, isn't it? That's very nice. A worthwhile trip back through the archives, Dave, because, you know, um, for all that we see of Keys and Grey these days, we don't get a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. It's all, all, I mean... They let their hair down on the podcast a little bit, but this 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 World Cup diary really was a, a behind the scenes glimpse into how the B in sports operation worked, and uh, what a long month that must have been for certain figures. Yeah, I mean, did, so did this? Did he put this out on social? It's on his it's on his own YouTube channel, right? And I think it was so, so 2014 was quite even though the general world of social media was quite advanced by that point. In terms of like the there was a lot of late adopters by that point. So your likes of Keys and Gray, and I think I was working on on the Talksport breakfast show of Alan Brazil at the time, and they were like. It was still at that point, what is sort of newfangled, what is this Twitter stuff? And there was this sort of a lack of sophistication. They were just putting anything out there. As you say, yeah. nowadays, all we see is sort of manicured clips on social from the studio. But back then, it yeah. was an absolute wild west. I, I was telling someone about this uh, only last week, and they also do ones from Euro 2016, which yeah. are they're similar gold. I mean, I remember watching this with you, Adam, years and years ago, and it just oh, it blew my mind then, and it still does. 
I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to sift through for content purposes. I mean, if you add all the videos up, you've probably got about, I don't know, 45 minutes worth of video. I can tell you that about 27 minutes of that is Keys deliberating about how to reverse the phone camera so that he can look <laughs> the other way on his phone. I mean, it's very much of its time technologically and uh, everything else, but um, a worthwhile look back. At least it was a morning's work for me. Thanks, everyone, for listening as we... Uh, navigate day two of the world cup enjoy day three we'll be back later in the week cheers dave thank you cheers to you charlie thank you see you later everyone the athletic as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.